So, good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space here in West Limit 102. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining us this morning. And this the second Sunday in Ordinary Time, um, the 14th of January. And, of course, joining me to present the programme again this morning, uh, a welcome again to a good colleague, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. How are you? Good morning, John, and how are we doing? We're good now this morning. We can't complain at all. The second Sunday in the year, the 14th of January, and things are going okay. We want to welcome those people, especially who are joining us this morning, those people who are sick, those people who are struggling, and those people who are finding life hard. This this time of the year, not so easy if you're not feeling that great, with the weather being a little bit um, challenging for ourselves. And But anyway, look. We're here, we're in this lovely space this morning. Um, this, uh, of course, is coming from our Come and See studio here in Ada. And, of course, as we, as we usually do, we invite people to contact us if they wish uh, for us to maybe announce things, uh, maybe to let us know who they think might, might that they might like to to share with us on, on Sacred Space here. Um, of course, this this program is uh, is broadcast from Sacred Space uh, from the West Limit One Hundred Two local radio station. Uh, it goes out again there at ten a.m. each Sunday morning, and also um, a repeat at eleven p.m. Sunday night. But it's also available uh, as a podcast on our blog, which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. So, just to remind listeners again, if there's any program that you are having difficulty with in terms of listening to some past programs, give me an email, and that's on sacredspace102 at gmail.com, and we'll arrange to rectify it for you and allow you to listen again at your heart's content. If you want to come to the station at all during the week, 069 is a telephone number, and maybe you can pass a message on if you so wish to ourselves here at Sacred Space. You can also write into the station, and that's uh, West Limit 102 Local Radio, Station Road, Newcastle West, County Limerick. As usual, Shane is going to share some celestial guides for us for the week. Shane, for the second Sunday in Ordinary Time, what do you have for us? Uh, morning, John. Well, as we do, um, <coughs> we, take a, we, take a, we take a wander through the calendar for the coming week. And just to see in terms of uh, saints of the day, or as we call them, our celestial guides who might be take, who might be there to uh, accompany us in the coming week. So tomorrow, of course, being the 15th of January, it is what used to be called a red letter day because it is, it is in Glimmerick, of course, it is the feast day of St. Ita, and which we'll be talking about in the second part of the program. Um, so St. <clears throat> Ita was one of the patrons of Limerick Diocese. Then on the 16th of uh, January, it is the feast day on the Irish calendar of St. Fursa. Now, Fursa is an interesting guy. He was born, we know, in Ireland. That's about as much as we know where, and became one of the great monastic missionaries abroad. And we're talking about the 600 AD time. Uh, He went first with his brothers, um, Fuilon and Ulton, to live in the monastic life in East Anglia, which uh, is in the UK. But as a great numbers continued to visit him there, he left his brother as an abbot and sought refuge in France around 644. And he set up a hermitage at Lagny on the Marne. And then he died around 650, uh, where he became, a, where, and his, his grave became a great centre of devotion and pilgrimage uh, in, in France. So that's who we have, that's St. Fursa we have on the 16th of uh, January. 
Then we have one of the big saints of the general calendar is on the uh, 17th of January. It's now, it's, it, he's one of the big saints, but not one of the big saints, if that's not a contradiction in terms. It's the feast day of St. Anthony the Abbot. And Anthony is a famous saint because he's generally called the father of Western monasticism. Now, what that means is that generally he is attributed or attributed to him is the tradition of monasticism as we have it in the Western Church. Uh, he was Egyptian, <clears throat> and following the deaths of his parents uh, when he was around 20, he uh, made sure that his sister uh, was looked after, and then he sold the family property and headed into the desert, where he became what was called uh, an anchorite and moved into an empty uh, great. Well, some people say it was an empty fort, other accounts have it as, as an empty grave. And at the age of, and that, and that was when he was around 20. And then at the age of 35, he moved actually into the desert to live alone in an abandoned fort. Um, <clears throat> now, the problem was, his uh, fame uh, spread about him being such a holy man. And his admirers joined, joined, tried to join him and even broke into this abandoned fort, which he had walled off. Uh, so that they could be with him. Um, so generally, then, he uh, word spread, and many, many disciples joined him, and so led to the formation of what were the first monastic communities in the in the desert around uh, Alexandra, Alexandria in Egypt. And hence, we have the tradition of the monastic communities, and hence why he's known as the father of monasticism. Antony was quite famous in his time. He only briefly left his seclusion, to fight heresy in around 311. And then um, description paints him generally as being a very modest and courteous guy. And uh, generally he was, uh, in, terms of, in terms of patron saints, he's the patron saint of basket makers, basket weavers, because generally his followers earn their living by making baskets. He's also the patron saint of grave diggers, oddly enough because he looked after another saint called St. Paul the Hermit and made sure the man was first. And he became associated with healings, particularly to do with eczema and conditions of the skin. And uh, so he's, he's particularly associated uh, with those. So that's who we have on the 17th of January. It's the feast day of St. Um, Anthony the... the, the, the <coughs> sorry, St. Anthony the Abbot. <coughs> then on the 18th, of uh, January, we have the feast day of Blessed Maria Therese Fasce, I think is how you pronounce her name. Mm -hmm. Now, I picked this woman out from the calendar. Uh, she's Italian, uh, taught catechism to children. She was, uh, she joined the Augustinians, or sorry, became very much associated with Augustinian spirituality. Um, and she became an Augustinian religious in a monastery on Cassia in Italy in 1906 at the age of 25. Her, the community was in sad decline when she entered, and she she uh, partially withdrew in 1911 to stay with her family, but returned to the convent and made her solemn vows in 1912. And she was had a great devotion to Saint Rita of Cassica. So it's and that is uh, she became known for promoting devotion to that particular saint. Um, so she, the monastery took in uh, orphan saints, orphan girls, rather, I should say, I beg your pardon. And um, she set up a retreat house, a hospital, and, and basically, you know, she was generally a very famous person in Italy at the time. 
and she died in 1947 of natural causes. Uh, so that's who we have. That's blessed. That's blessed Marie Therese Fasse, I think is how you pronounce her name. F-A-S-C-E. Then on the 19th of January, we have the feast days of Saint Liberato of Como. Again, another Italian saint, uh, born to wealthy nobility, this time around 580 AD. Um, her mother died when the girls were very small, herself and her sister, and they were raised by a guardian, and they became Benedictine nuns, both sisters, and founded a very famous con- convent in Italy called Santa Margherita uh, in Como, and the convent itself lasted for over a thousand years. So that's why, why Santa Liberetta is remembered on the 19th of January. And she is a patron saint of small children and babies, actually. Then on the 20th of, of January, now this is an interesting one, John. On Saturday, which is the 20th of January, we have the feast day of St. Sebastian. Now, Sebastian is an interesting guy because uh, he was a martyr for the faith and died in uh, 288 during the persecutions of, I think it was uh, Diocletian. But the interesting thing about Sebastian is if you ever see pictures of him, he looks like a porcupine. Because generally, Sebastian <laughs> mm. Sebastian is portrayed as being shot full of arrows. If you ever see a man, in a saint, in pictures, full of arrows, you know who it is. That's Saint Sebastian, and he died, uh, he died in 288 near Rome in Italy. And he was one of those saints, for some strange reason, who was associated with helping for during prayers for the Black Death, and he used to be part of the, um, what would you call it, the Holy Helpers of Europe, they were called. And he became associated, oddly enough, with the plague, which he had absolutely no connection with whatsoever. Uh, he's a patron saint of gardeners, actually, and this is a very popular time of the year for gardeners, ironmongers, lace workers, masons, police officers, uh, the Pontifical Swiss Guards, actually, and he's also the patron saint of quite a number of places in the world, including Rio de Janeiro in uh, Brazil. So that's who we have in terms of the saints for this week, John. Now, one other thing that we normally say around this time for the celestial guides and liturgical odds and ends is, of course, the papal intentions for the month. So we mentioned them last week. So the Pope's intentions, the Pope's prayer intentions for the month of January 2018 are that Christians and other religious minorities in Asian countries may be able to practice their faith. Of course, visit to uh, Myanmar, Burma, and the uh, situation that we have generally in terms of China and Vietnam for the persecution of the faith in Asia. It's a particular prayer, I suppose, this month in the month of January. That's what we have, John, in terms of the tragic gods and names. Have you any notices? I have, but just before that, um, just, just so as we don't get confused, St. Anthony is different to St. Anthony of Padua. Some people might be getting yes. the two of them mixed up. Just yes, check it. Definitely. Yeah, so this is, this is Anthony the Abbot, he's called, and he, there's about a thousand years in the difference between the, the two. There of them. is. And I just happened, I couldn't have been noticing there. I mean, the saint, she went from St. Sebastian, um, a guy who I might get in touch with during the year because I like my gardening myself, 288, right the way up to one on Thursday there, you had 1947. Uh, the yes. blessed, the blessed. So, I mean, the range of saints and so on and so forth. It, 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 there's something for all ages for those people to teach us things and so on and so forth. In regard to notices, um, there's a nice little one. There's a few of them in the Newcastle West notice this week. Um, there's one there from the Polish community. And it's titled True Life in Christ. We, co- we cordially invite you to join 
a retreat, they say, True Life in Christ, organised by the Polish community, which will be held on Friday, the 26th of January, to Sunday the 28th of January, weekend, in the parish centre Newcastle West. Language, English and Polish, cost is €15. It will be a special time to experience that God is alive and actively present and that he loves you and wants you to be the centre of your life. And if you're interested at all, you can call Magda. And Magda's number is 0870669952. But if you contact the parish office there in Newcastle West, I'm sure they'll give you further details. So that's um, a Polish community organised retreat. January 26th, Sunday, to Friday, January 26th to Sunday, January the 28th. Michael Keaton will be joining us actually in part two. As you're Michael's going to remind us again and the Feast of St. Niter, of course. Um, adoration will take place this year in Rahina Church on Sunday. That's today. Um, on, on Sunday the, the, from 11 a.m. to midnight. That's Sunday 11 a.m. to midnight. If you'd like to take part in the adoration, please write your name and your slot at the... At the uh, please write your name and your slot on the sheet at the back of the church. <clears throat> uh, now, that's in Newcastle West, I think that sheet is. And just just one more thing. Um, it's in regard to the Pioneer magazine. I'm not a pioneer, by the way, Shane. But just to mention this one, the Pioneer magazine is 70 years in circulation, having first appeared in January 1948. The Jesuits, who have been involved with the Pioneer movement for many decades, have handed over the publishing of this magazine to lay people. This magazine, which frequently contains very interesting articles, is available from the PTAA, the Pioneer Total Absence Association. And if you wish to order the magazine, please contact and give it a Dublin number. That's 018749464. But again, if you contact the parish office in Newcastle West, I'm sure they'll help you out with that. Just one more notice. Sorry, John. I was just going to say it seems to be a year of publication anniversaries because it also happens to be uh, the 100th anniversary of the starting of the publication of the Far East Mission uh, magazine, which, of course, is um, the Columban. It was used from what was originally the the Irish mission to China, of course, which became the Columban Fathers. And actually, so the Far East is celebrating uh, its 100th anniversary uh, this year as well. And that was a wonderful magazine, some wonderful material in that. I just want to mention again, just remind people again about EWTN. There's um, next Friday, this this Friday coming at half eight for half an hour. The inspirational story, the inspirational story of Saint Maria Goretti, whose life was an example of purity and chastity. She died at the age of eleven from knife wounds inflicted by a young man who desired to rob her of her virginity. She forgave him before her death. So that's on Friday next, half eight for half an hour. And that's part of, of, of um, a large um, uh, programming from EWTN that particular day because starting at two o'clock next Friday, um, right the way through for about eight and a half hours, right the way through after midnight, actually, Irish time, there'll be live and complete coverage of the most important pro-life event of the year in America, the annual March for Life in Washington, D.C., so that about brings me to the end of the, pro, uh, of the of the notices for the first part. But before we go for our first bit of music, there's a spiritual communion prayer that we always pray for those, especially for those people who can't receive Jesus at Mass this morning because they can't get to Mass. My, de- my, my Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I now cannot receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. 
Amen. So now we go for that first bit of music. I was touching up a, a few of them this morning. I wasn't too sure which one I'd play. But in the end, I came down with one of my favourites. This one is entitled Glendalock. So listen to this. Cast away the dew of night And gaze upon the lakes of light Find the road where secrets lie Of heaven's home in days gone by Where echoes sing of chanted prayers And broken stones sign hermit's ways Where weathered trees their memories hold of pilgrims' lives, their stories told. Where holy men once carved in rock, the sacred place of Glendalough. Sacred Space. So welcome back again to part two of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for staying with us. And of course, as I mentioned and, uh, at the start of the programme, or Shane uh, reminded us, it's a feast night tomorrow. And with that in mind, um, we had to invite back onto the programme again Michael Keating from Rahina. Good morning, Michael. How morning, are you? John. Good morning. Business. Thanks a lot for joining us, Michael. It's that time of the year again, Michael, St. Ita. That's right, John. What would you like to share with us well, this morning? 
Tomorrow, the 15th of January, is the Feast of St. Aita, what we commonly call in Galidi, St. Aita's Day. Yeah. Um, it's a feast day in the church's calendar for the Diocese of the Limerick, and for the rest of the church now, it's a memorial. So, tomorrow at 11am in Ashford, there'll be concelebrated Mass, and it's concelebrated by Bishop Donald Murray. So he's going to give the talk and send out to this year. Mm-hmm. So we're delighted to have Bishop Murray back in Ashford again this year. And um, then tomorrow night at 7.30 in Rahina, there'll be a Mass as well. And both those Masses every year are packed to capacity. It's wonderful to see so many people turning up for, you know, for St. Aita's Day. But in preparation for St. Aita's Day, for the last three or four years, John, we've had adoration the day before or the night before. So this year, the adoration is in Rahina Church on today's Sunday mm-hmm. after the half ten mass until 12 midnight tonight yeah, so, so f- for as soon as this programme is finished yeah. there'll be a line of traffic heading up to Rahina because yes, adoration will continue on yeah. from then until until 12 midnight, midnight tonight. so we, we said what better way to prepare for the feast of St. Isaac mm-hmm. than to spend time with Jesus whom she loves so well and um I suppose the big question, of course, there's a dancing dinner in the hall after Mass too. There's always a dinner dance, uh, <laughs> dance uh, yeah, yeah. so in the hall that's, Mahina. That's on, on Monday. On Monday night, tomorrow night, yeah. tomorrow night. Okay. At 8pm after the 7.30 Mass. Okay, eight, uh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I suppose the big question, John Peter, might say, who is this yeah. feast, this yeah, yeah. saint that we're yeah. still celebrating? Well, St. Isa, we're told, John, was born around the year 480. We don't have an exact date for her, but... Mm-hmm. But she was born in the, the Daisha tribe, so somewhere in County Walsford, we believe. And um, she was a princess. She was no poor person, she was a princess. She was born into royalty. Mm. Her father was um, Count Follett and her mother was Queen Nicta. So the, she was born into royalty. But at a very young age, Ida felt the call to follow God and to leave everything immortal and to follow God's mm. calling. Mm. Mm. And um, she insisted in this. But she made great opposition, especially from her father, who had planned, of course, to marry her to a local chieftain, oh, yeah. so he could extend his territory, you know, and that's the way things worked in those days. But Ida persisted, she fasted for three days and three nights, and her father relented eventually. So she left Waterford to an unknown destination, and we are told that she was guided by three lights, one in the Galtys, one in the Molokarayaks, and one in Tloon Cradle, where the present-day Khalidi is, and that's where she settled and started her convent. Now, the local chieftain, of course, we are told, got very excited because she was a princess. Okay. She wasn't an ordinary person, though. So uh, he wanted to give her big tract of land, hundreds of acres of land, but Ida refused point blank. She said, no, she said, all I want is four acres for my community to build a convent. So she started the convent in Khalidi, and very quickly... Young girls followed from all over Munster and different parts of Ireland. And in no time at all, she had a thriving community in Caledia. Um, she was known far and wide for her gifts of reading souls, reading minds, gifts of healing. Mm-hmm. So people came with all their ailments to Caledia from all over the place they came. Um, but Aisha never claimed credit. She always gave the credit to the Blessed Trinity, the three persons in the one God. Uh, mm-hmm. That was her big devotion. Then she started fostering children, and um, she became known as the foster mother of the saints of Ireland. Her most famous, I suppose, child would have been Saint Brendan the Navigator, which 
Some people would be shocked to hear that he was actually fostered in Kilidia for probably five or six or seven years, you know, at the start of his life. Um, a lot of them became great saints in the church, St. Mokamog, um, okay. St. Common Father, St. Um, Faulkner, down in West Carberry, you know, yeah, yeah, they all became yeah. great saints in the church. These were all supposed to have been fostered in Kilidia. Um, it's a bit the influence she had on young children. She might have only had them for five or six years. Mm. But um, I suppose I just thought a big thing then was, of course, prayer and fasting. She was very big into the penance. Now, so much so that at one stage in her life, it's recorded that an angel brought bread from heaven for her because she was overdoing the fasting and told her to eat. You know. And did she insist that the rest of her community... Fast well, I suppose she lived by example, Janet. Uh, yeah, rather than okay, okay, okay. I okay. said, these saints, you know, they, they lead by example. Yes, yes. And I suppose one action is worth a thousand words, isn't it? Yes. yes. And yeah. um, so she became very famous, of course, around all of Ireland. Mm-hmm. And um, if you go around Ireland today, you'll see stained glass windows of St. Ayton. Good few churches, and especially in West Cork, you know, where St. Faulkner would have been. Okay. And even around the country, you, you will find them. Like, you know, she's remembered in the last place. She's also remembered in the continent. Hmm. Obviously, some of her followers took her fame out there, and she's recorded course, in different yeah. things in the continent. And um, well, she's also remembered in this beautiful hymn, Isagon, which I think was, was it written in the 6th or 7th century. I haven't exact date now, but around that anyway. And in that, it's recorded that she actually held the child Jesus in her arms. Wow. You know, a bit like wow. St. Anthony, you know, we've often heard that. You know, two things just strike me there. First of all, you said that um, she was offered 100 acres. Yeah. And she only took four. Yeah. That wouldn't happen today, no. <laughs> no, we'd go for the 100, John, wouldn't we'd we? Go for the 100. <laughs> we would. But for her, yeah, enough was enough. Yeah. I always insist on just having enough. Enough for her community to survive on. And if she had anything over and above, there was plenty of poor people at the gate in Kaledi waiting to get handouts. You know. She shared everything with the local community. Mm-hmm. And you see, you know, a few years ago, John, we've been talking about that on St. Aitha's Day. Mm-hmm. What a different world we'd have if we all just had enough. Oh, oh. I don't know how you do it, John, how it can be done. Yes. But you see, we all want more nowadays. More is the big word. That's it is. And, and if we're earning 500 a week, we want 600 a week. Right. Yeah. And we make any excuse and a good, a good reason why we should have more. Yeah. The other thing that comes to mind, Michael, was, was um, each, each week here in the programme, Shane shares with us um, the Saints for the Week. And the reason why we do that is because, as you mentioned there just earlier, you know, the, the, these people from whatever age I mean we mentioned some this morning that were from 288 and right they were up to 1947 for next week what is there about St. Ita that attacks you as a saint not just St. Ita John it's all the saints to me I love reading the lives of the saints John because to me they put the gospel into action you know we can read the Bible and read the Bible and but they, these are the people who perfected, who took it to perfection. They put the whole thing into action. And, you know, they were, they were saying because they did that. Yeah. Um, and when you look at the life of St. Aisha, you know, from the very start, you see Bible stories come into life. Um, the call that she got, you know, she mm. was only a young mm. girl. Mm. 
and she could very easily have enjoyed life below in Waterford and married a local prince and had a very comfortable yeah. life. Mm. But she felt this call from God. And it reminded me, and we had it in the best readings the past week, the boy Eli. Yes. Eli. Yeah. Yeah. He heard the voice calling him at night. He didn't know who it was. Mm. Uh, and eventually he was told to go back and say, here I am, Lord, your servant is listening. And I'm sure that's what I just said when God called her. Yeah. Here I am, Lord, I've come to do your will. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And uh, there's hymns and all composed to that. So to me, that story brings that story to life. Mm. Or that brings that story to life. Um, I suppose another thing, John, is um, the wealth. We're warned in the Bible about you know, too much wealth. The rich man and Lazarus, you know, we've heard about it. Mm. The rich man wasn't condemned because he was wealthy. He was condemned because he didn't share it. And again, we see perfection here and now. He's just sharing everything. And this story is really brought to life in a story we read in Eden Irene's book. Now, Eden Irene was a nun that wrote a book and sent out back in the 60s, the early 60s. Okay. And she got a lot of stuff from the life of Isa that was written back in the 11th century. Visa saying to eat. And um, now the scholars maintain that book was taken from an earlier manuscript again. You see, it's so long ago, you mm, <laughs> have yeah, to go yeah. back so far. Mm, mm, mm. But Eden Rain has this beautiful story about Isa's uncle. He was a chieftain, probably spent most of his life fighting battles and winning battles, gaining more territory for the clan, you know, and mm. anyhow he died. And Isa had a vision. She saw him suffering terribly in purgatory. And she summoned his sons to come to her. So they came now they had been very busy organising the funeral, giving him a great send-off, dividing up mm. his land and his wealth, and then they, they forgot to say a prayer for the poor man. So Isa told them their father was suffering terribly in purgatory, mm. and this really scared them. So they said, "What will we do?" Mm. She said, "I want you to go back now." She said, and "For the next year, and um, give out bread and meat to the poor people." and to give candles to the priest for the offerings of Mass. And so they did it. They came back after 12 months, showed them to go away for another year and do the same thing. So they didn't... <laughs> so then the second year they came back and Isa said, Your father now, his suffering has ceased, but his soul is naked. He never once in his life even gave a garment to the poor. So they said, Is it wool this year? So they had to go back, they had to give out clothing to the poor. Mm-hmm. And with United's prayers and their offerings, she said, Now your father has gone to heaven. But this story, John, or some people might say, ah, Is that true? Yeah. Mm. Now, it doesn't bother me whether it is technically true or not, but mm. it opens up so much. It opens up, first of all, the doctrine of purgatory. Mm. And sometimes nowadays we can forget about purgatory. We can say, oh, thank God they're going to heaven, you know, and we might forget to offer a prayer for them or yeah. offer masses for them. Mm. We just assume, no, obviously this man believed in God because he was saved, he was in purgatory. So he must have accepted Jesus as his Lord and Saviour, but he forgot to do what the Gospel tells us to share with the poor, and he suffered because of that. Now, it opens up this whole doctrine of purgatory. It also reminds us of the story in the Gospel of the rich man and Lazarus, you know, it reminds mm. us again, it opens up the whole thing again. And um, when we're reading the lives of the saints, it links us straight away to the gospel, back to the gospel. And um, there's another story in Isa's life. This this um, rich nobleman came. He wanted a favour from Isa. He dropped this bag at her feet. 
was a bag of silver and gold. Nicely didn't realize what it was, and she touched it. And she ceremoniously got the nuns to bring water and wash her hands to have nothing to do with wealth like that, you know. Wow. It wasn't for her. The yeah. simple ways of life. But, no, she was a practical person. You know, she had, we presume, vegetables and mm-hmm. chickens. Mm-hmm. Kept her community going there, like, you know, she had to live mm-hmm. on something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But she didn't chase after the wealth of this world. Yeah, and yeah. Um, these are just some of the little stories, John. You could, we could keep talking about them, I suppose. Her gift of healing, of course, was well known. Yeah, um, her other big thing was praying for God's direction in your life. You know. Very important. I said, Sister Fiona followed her to the convent, and um, she wanted to join the convent, and I just said yes. Shortly after, her sister Nessa came, and I just said, No, pray about it first. Mm. I just could see Nessa's vocation was married life, even though Nessa wanted to join the convent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. So I just was so practical. Pray for God's whatever God wanted. That's what you had to do, not because something you wanted. You know that was her her great way. Of course, the fasting of children was and teaching the gospel to the children. You know, so many, so much teaching that they became saints. You know, fantastic all her gift of teaching and looking after young children. Michael, we've got about thirty seconds left. <laughs> well, I know I'm cutting you short, but what's Senator's message? to us in Ireland 2018 do you reckon if she, if she come back if she was here now I suppose the first thing has to be done turn to God in prayer without prayer without contact with God we're, 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 on, we're lost you know what I mean we don't know what direction we're going in I suppose the next thing would be try to do with enough that word enough comes mm. you know the four acres think of the four acres yeah think of the four acres yeah. you know if we can survive in that if we're happy in that we can feed our family in that whatever the four acres represents for us yes. you know try to be happy with that mm. uh, I think the book of Ecclesiastes talks about chasing the wind doesn't it what yeah. do we get for chasing the wind mm-hmm. um, I suppose try to discern God's will in our life then, which is a very important thing you know ask God is this what God wants is it not what we want what God wants yeah. Michael thank you for that I know I, I had to, I, we had to cut a bit short now this morning but thank you so much for that but just before we go, you picked a piece of music, Faith of Our Fathers. Why did you pick that? Well, as long as, as, long as I can remember, John, in Kilidi, this is our song at the end of Mass and St. Ita's Day. And, of course, it reminds us that that faith that Ita brought, I think 1,440-something years ago, 1,447 years ago, is, it, is still alive in Kilidi. That's still alive. And it's still alive in Ireland, thank God. So I think it's very important that we pray that and just reflect on it. No, it's living still. Faith of our fathers living still. <laughs> yeah. Michael, thank you so much for, for sharing thank with us this morning. It, it's certainly something that we, we, we always enjoy having you on the programme. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. So, this is Faith of Our Fathers, uh, sang by Frank Patterson, and uh, the music is by the Irish Philharmonic Orchestra and Chorus. Michael, enjoy the next few days. Thank you, John. We will, we'll enjoy God bless you all. Bye-bye now.
Sacred Space. So welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space here in West Dominic 102. My name is John Kelly, still joined by Shane Ambrose. Um, and of course, this part of the program is the most important part of the, any program we do here on Sacred Space, uh, is where we read and reflect on the Word of God. This is what it's all about as far as we're concerned. Um, and before that, there's a prayer that we always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture, and Shane's going to share that prayer with us this morning. Thanks, Shane. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So the Gospel for today is taken from the second Sunday in Ordinary Time, and the Gospel reading is taken from John, chapter 1, verse 35 to 42. As John stood with two of his disciples, Jesus passed, and John stared at him and said, Look, there is the Lamb of God. Hearing this, the two disciples followed Jesus. They turned round, saw, uh, Jesus turned round, saw them following, and said, What do you want? And they answered, Rabbi, which means teacher, where do you live? Come and see, he replied. So they went and saw where he lived and stayed with him the rest of the day. It is about the tenth hour. One of those who became uh, one of these, one of these two who became followers of Jesus after hearing what John had said was Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter. Early the next morning, Andrew met his brother and said, "We found the Messiah, which means the Christ." And he took Simon to Jesus. Jesus looked hard at him and said, "You are Simon, son of God. Excuse me. You are Simon, son of John." You are to be called Kephas, meaning rock. So that's the gospel for today. Um, this is the second Sunday in Ordinary Time. I like this gospel, Shane. Anyway, tell, tell us a few thoughts you might have yourself. Sure, John. Um, <clears throat> now, this is, it's an interesting one. So this week we've gone back to John's gospel um, after last week's account of the baptism of the Lord from the gospel of, uh, it was Mark last week. Now, the interesting thing about John's Gospel is John doesn't actually account or give us an account of an actual baptism. Rather, he talks about the witness of John the Baptist and John saying, I saw uh, the Spirit come down on him like a dove from heaven and rest on him. Um, Then the next day, we have this account of John the Baptist uh, saying, Behold the Lamb of God. And it's 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 again. It is the herald. It is the it is the key. It is the it is the herald uh, proclaiming the Messiah that has come. It is John acknowledging um, the role of Jesus. And of course, it's it's a very um, uh, it's it's one of the themes of the Gospel of John is this reflection on the Lamb of God, and the connection. Of course, it's a very common or understanding uh, theme that we have, particularly in an Irish context, actually, John, because. While many people, of course, associate Nock as being a Marian shrine, 
Um, it's probably more polite, or not more polite, but more correct to say, as Nock is a Eucharistic shrine focusing on the Lamb of God. Um, and so it's just it's just something for us maybe to think about uh, in terms of how we approach Nock and the apparition of Nock, but that's maybe a discussion for another day. In terms of the Gospel, we have here John the Baptist once more acting as a witness to Christ and pointing him out to his disciples as to who he is. Now, the two disciples are generally, one of them is generally attributed to, to be Andrew, because Andrew was known to be a, an apostle of John the Baptist. And they um, they turn around and they follow Jesus. And, of course, we get this very famous question in the Gospel, um, you know, where Jesus turns around and says to them, what do you want? And they said, where do you live? And he says, come and see. Um, you know, so that very much for us is the question that's posed, I suppose, following on from last week's gospel. So last Sunday's gospel, we would have had the reflection very much on baptism. And if you like, that is a fact that for each of us who are baptized, we are baptized into the family of Christ. We are co-heirs, as, as Paul described it last Sunday. But now we have the response to that baptism. Because Jesus turns around and says to us, what do you want? And it's a question very much that we all need to reflect on in terms of what does it mean to be a Christian in the world today? And, you know, in in terms of how would we respond to Jesus's question, what do you want? The response, of course, of the disciples is, you know, where do you live? And I suppose the question, well, why? That was kind of a strange question to ask. And I suppose the response to it for us is, of course, where do you live is very much how do you live, where do you live, can we join you and see how how you get on. And his response to them was, come and see. And I suppose that is very much <clears throat> the, the response that's there for us in our day-to-day lives is come and see in terms of how, you know, how do we live our lives in response to the example that Jesus has given us. Um, come and see, of course, is often the term that's used very much in uh, vocations ministry, particularly vocations to the religious life and to priesthood, where uh, you have what are called come and see weekends or come and see encounters. So where people would go and would share and experience the religious life for a weekend or a period of time. Um, they, the, one of the two, two, of the two who became followers, of course, was Andrew. And Andrew introduces us to Simon Peter. And um, and his response, to, you know, he says says to Simon Peter, "We have found the Messiah." And Jesus then looks at Simon and turns around and says, "Simon." Now it's interesting in the Gospel of John, it says Simon, son of John, whereas some of the other Gospels, it's uh, Simon, son of Jonah. And he's you are called Kephas, which means, of course, rock. And <clears throat> that's something, of course, for all of us to think about as well, because. We are brought, we, you know, there are, there are Andrews in our lives that bring us to Christ. As children, when we are baptized, obviously, it's our parents and our godparents. Uh, but in our day-to-day life, when we have our daily encounters with God, uh, when we have those divine moments in life that, you know, where we experience the divine, sometimes it's other people that bring us to God, um, you know, in terms of... And then, and then the whole fact is when, when Jesus looks at us, he calls us by name. <clears throat> and there's something very intimate about that. There's, there's kind of, you know, there's two things there, I suppose, that I'd like to just to, to reflect on a bit more. First of all, is that whole thing of people bringing us to God and providing for us moments in our lives where we can encounter the divine. And sometimes we need that. It's, you know, 
uh, 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 has someone reaching out to us, particularly at this time of the year, John, where it can be very depressing for people, can be quite challenging for people in the month of January. And, you know, we have people that reach out to us, encourage us, and, you know, we should be grateful uh, for those that bring us those divine encounters. But it also poses a question for us on this Sunday morning. Are we the Andrews to others that need to be encouraged to come to God or that need to be uh, reminded that God is available to them in whatever way? Because then it brings me on to my second point that, you know, Jesus looked at Simon Peter and, you know, he looked at him. To be looked at by the Divine Master, you know, to be seen into who we are, to be called by our name. You know, it's a very intimate, it's a very uh, personal thing, very much that we speak about. Like, and linking back again to the to last Sunday's gospel when we spoke about baptism. <clears throat> At baptism, you are called by name into the family of God. Um, you know, we are each of us called individually to an encounter, to a relationship with Christ, and something that's something perhaps that we get a bit. I don't know if you like jittery fingers about when we when we talk about it in an Irish context. You know, I, I you often I, I particularly associate with particular um, other Christian denominations, and particularly actually with Americans. You know, this whole business of they you know they will turn around and say to you, "I will I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ," and it's kind of for sometimes for Irish Catholics, it's a bit too in our face. Um, but it's something we have to think about. You know, if you look at this Sunday's gospel in terms of, you know, there'd be there'd be three things I would say out of it. First of all, there's that whole thing of the Lamb of God and the, the question, the call is come and see. So do we respond to that call in our lives whatever way that we can? Doesn't necessarily mean by religious vocation, by the way, but often not another way of looking at it would be, you know, the response to the Lamb of God, for example, do we go and in particular for Eucharistic adoration? The second point I would say, just to reiterate it, is are we the Andrew for other people, bringing people to Christ? Or do we need to be, uh, do, or do, do we give gratitude to Christ for the Andrews in our lives that bring us to Christ? And then finally, very much so for us to focus and reflect on this Sunday, is that whole idea of Christ looking at us each individually and intimately calling us by name. Thanks for that, Jane. Thank you very much indeed for that. Just my, my own few thoughts on that. Um, verse 39. Come and see. That stayed with me for years for some reason. Um, these three words, um, come and see, I, I, I've heard over the years. And for me, it's, it's this relationship again for Jesus calling all of us to come and see what I am. Come and see what I'm all about. Come and see what my message is. Uh, come and help me to live my life a little. let me help you to live your life a bit fully is what Jesus is saying to us immediately what comes to my mind is um, the lecture divina group that we have each uh, each Monday night in Newcastle West where we're invited by Father Frank to, to open up the Sunday Gospel and see where it is, come and see where it is applicable to our lives and invariably we all come out there really walking on a cloud because we know, oh yeah we can pick up some from there. Jesus loves us that much that he really wants to help us out. But the second thing that comes to my mind about it was um, when I started to do the radio here, um, again, picking up Shane's point there about Andrew and sharing the gospel. 
I think we all agreed here that those of us who present the programme and those of us who are contributors to the programme, we want to try and share that good news as best we can with people every week because we've been fortunate enough to be able to hear that good news and it's such good news that we have nothing else to do but to share it with it, but to share it with so many people we can out there. So we thank the Lord for giving us that opportunity. The third thing that I want to mention there this morning too, and Father Frank touched on it there, uh, and maybe it's a thought to take away with us, um, at Lecture Divina on Monday night, that's in Newcastle West um, Parish Centre. It's from 8.15 to 9.15. Very gentle. Uh, nothing heavy about this, but come in. Father Frank breaks it up in the Gospel. And those of us that wish to contribute, come trust any that you don't have to. You can just uh, take it all in, take a few notes and go away. And as Father, as Father Frank says, chew it during the week. But one of the things he asked us to chew about this week, Andrew went off and, and he shared the good news with his brother Peter. Who were the people in our lives who done that for us? who share that good news for us. Could be a parent, could be somebody over a cup of coffee at work, it could be something, it could be listening to Sacred Space, it could be anything. But who are those people? And thank God for those people, dead or alive, those people who share that good news for us, who first introduced us to Jesus, where we were allowed to, let's go out and come and see, and then we can explore it in our own lives. And then from that then, also for ourselves then, to do, as uh, Shane said, we are then invited to go out and do the Andrew ourselves. Go out and share that good news with so many other people out there. So that's why we say each each Sunday morning here, the most important part of our programme here is to try as best we can to share that gospel message, to share that good news with people. There's so much in it, but it's also applicable. To, it's always applicable to our own lives. So we thank um, we thank West Lemming 102, of course, for allowing us to, to produce this programme from, from our Come and See studios. And that's really, again, Come and See is one of the ideas that I had when, when, when we were building the studio here, to have this idea of Come and See. Come and see what the Lord is going to do for us. Shane, thanks a lot for joining me this morning. Wonderful to be able to share the good news again. And, no problem, Jack. Um, please, God, we'll do it all again next week. In the meantime, we want to say thanks, uh, thanks to Michael and uh, Keaton for, for sharing that good news with us about St. Ida. Uh, Michael couldn't be with us for the, for, the, for the total part of the programme, but certainly shared some beautiful thoughts with us in regards to St. Ida in part two. But in the meantime, we'll go out with that, with that piece of music that we all know, and um, if, if people were listening to or be able to, to read the first um, reading this morning... Here I Am, Lord, by Jan Shute, is the piece we're going to go out with this week. So in the meantime, thank you for joining us. We'll think about each other during the week and enjoy the week. In the meantime, let's hear this music, Here I Am, Lord.
Sacred Space 